Good morning and welcome to our online worship this week for Sunday the 5th of July. I can announce to you today that, that all being well, we will be opening our church doors to welcome you for Sunday worship in the church building from Sunday the 6th of September. And there will be lots of measures in place to make that as safe as possible for everyone. Our special task group will be working hard at that. And in August, I'll be sending a letter to all our members telling you just what to expect as you do come back to church. Kirk Session will also assess on a one-by-one -one basis our various activities and, and groups for possible resumption after that date. Uh, so do be encouraged, an end is in sight. Our storehouse collections continue on Saturday mornings from 10 to 11.30 and groceries can be dropped off at the Darling Hall where volunteers will receive them from your car boot and uh, uh, social distancing will be observed. This month in McCracken, for that we're being asked to especially focus on tinned desserts, so things like custard and rice pudding, tinned fruit, uh, all those kind of things. And thank you so much again for, for all who've been supporting that over lockdown and to all of our volunteers. Let us now worship God. We'll give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let us pray. Our faithful God, we pause on this unexpected and unchosen path, declaring thus far the Lord has helped us. You have been present with us on this journey, sometimes guiding reliably like a, a pillar of cloud by day, sometimes spectacularly illuminating like a pillar of fire in the night, always providing like you did daily manna in the wilderness, drawing forth faith one day at a time, at times we have looked for you in earthquake and wind and fire. But like Elijah at Horeb, the mountain of God, you have spoken in the gentlest of whispers and we have found it enough. Like Samuel in the night or Mary in the garden, we have known you speaking our name, calling us to learn from you, to follow you, to follow you to places to which we've never been before. And you will be present with us as future days unfold. You say, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And we reply with fresh confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. So God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Continue to equip us with everything good for doing your will. Keep on working in us what is pleasing to you through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading for today is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, and verses 16 to 19, and then verses 25 to 30. Matthew 11, 16 to 19, and then 25 to 30. Let us hear the word of God. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. The words of our Bible passage today are ones that are very familiar and welcome. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Probably all of us in different ways feel in some need of a rest. If it's not a rest from the pressures of our work and having to do all those things in different ways over recent months, then maybe it's simply a rest from all the added strains and anxieties of these days. It's been heavy going as coronavirus has taken such a heavy toll on lives in the UK and Ireland and right across the world. And now it seems on the economy as well. These are days of weighty issues, days of popular politics when the truth is presented as debatable and lies are painted as truth. Hardly surprising if you're feeling more than a little weary and weighed down. In the first part of our lectionary reading today, Jesus' heart is heavy as he looks at his own generation, which could just as easily be our generation. It's a generation that doesn't recognise the truth when it's right in front of them. A generation blown this way and that by waves of popular opinion. To what can I compare this generation, Jesus says. They're like little children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you 
and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. Jesus didn't dance to the tune of those around him, much to their frustration. The one who is truth refused to be constrained by the yoke of expectations that the world wanted to put upon him. He could not be boxed in by its perceptions of what Messiah should be. The generation of Jesus' day we see here wanted him to fit into its categories. And what a burden it is to be bound, weighed down, pulled in different directions, blown about like waves in the sea by the conflicting expectations and perceptions of the crowd. But the wisdom of God defies those categories. It's judged not by perceptions or superficial appearances or by popularity, but by actions. And Jesus' disciples in learning to be like him and taking his yoke upon them are also guided by this wisdom. They're not yoked to the shifting expectations of the crowd, not defined by the perceptions others have of them or by what people say about them, but they are guided by a higher truth and the wisdom of God as long as they remain close to Jesus, yoked to him. And what freedom that is. Keep company with me, he says, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You'll not be so weighed down by all of that. Let me share the load with you. And moving on in those verses, we're reminded of how people are very quick to judge by superficial appearances. People saw John the Baptist and they looked at Jesus. John the Baptist was an ascetic dressed in camel hair who fasted and lived in the desert. He prepared the way for the Messiah by preaching repentance from sin and some people thought he must be demon-possessed. Jesus, on the other hand, exhibited the joy and the grace of God's kingdom come. And he was considered a drunkard and a glutton, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Again, the perceptions of others. People were quick to make different assumptions about both of them. Wrong assumptions. And many people know the heavy burden it can be to be misunderstood and stereotyped. When people assume that they know something about you based on what part of the city you grew up in or what school you went to or your skin colour or where you come from, the way you dress or the money you have or don't have. Racism, sectarianism and prejudices of all kinds are great burdens placed upon whole groups of people. And many, as we've seen in past weeks, are weary of it, weighed down by it. It's a horrible thing when people do not see you for who you, you really are, but instead base their opinions and judgments upon a minimum amount of information. 
And here we see that Jesus experienced something similar. How do we react to such injustices? What do we do when we recognise those things in ourselves? Well, wisdom, Jesus says, is proved right by her actions. What do those actions look like? The way of Jesus, the way of wisdom. James, the, the brother of Jesus, tells us the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Take my yoke upon you, says Jesus. Learn from me. So let's listen again to Jesus' invitation to you in your generation, in our day. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now the kind of rest Jesus is talking about, rest for our souls, is something more than a quick fix. Something more than a week up at the caravan or a night with the feet up in front of the TV. Jesus somehow talks about rest and yokes in the same sentence. And a yoke is something we usually associate not with rest, but with work. I'm sure you can visualise it in your mind. It's a kind of harness that goes around the neck or the shoulders of an oxen so that they can pull a load. A very odd image, you might think, to associate with the idea of rest. But accepting the yoke of Jesus is a picture of our act of submission to him. Submission to his instruction, his truth, his wisdom. It's an image that Jesus picks up from the Old Testament and God's people, Israel, taking upon themselves the yoke of the law given to them by God through Moses. And in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and religious leaders had made this yoke into a huge burden around the necks of God's people, with adding layer upon layer upon layer of religious rules and duties, making religion for the ordinary person something extremely burdensome. Something God never intended. And in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus condemns them for this. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees who sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But he says, do not do what they do. They do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy burdens and put them on people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to lift even a finger to move them. Jesus, on the other hand, is not like that. He carries our burdens. He gave everything to take away from us the burden of our sin and our guilt. And he promises another yoke, his yoke that is easy, his burden that is light, And he promises that we will find when we take his yoke upon us that he is gentle and humble in heart 
and that we will find rest, peace for our souls. God loves to save sinners. And he came in Jesus not to add to our guilt, but to take it away. His yoke is something we exchange for the much greater religious burden of trying to be good enough to please God. It's something we exchange for the the heavy burden of expectations that we or others place upon ourselves. It's something we exchange for trying to carry the weight of the world's sorrows ourselves and allow God to do the things that he's good at and we are not so good at. And it's a gracious, loving invitation that Jesus extends to us to come to him and to take his yoke and learn from him. And the word for learn here is related to the word used for being his disciple. And Jesus doesn't say, well, perhaps you might like to consider taking my yoke upon you. You know, you might you might think about it, might be wise, and you might find it a lot easier. But instead he rather firmly but gently says, take my yoke upon you. An imperative. Take my yoke upon you. An imperative because he knows that uh, this is something that's not in our human sinful nature that we're inclined to do. We'd much rather think of ourselves as free agents, wouldn't we? Not yoked to anything or anyone, doing things our way, deciding ourselves what is right and what is good, but actually ending up carrying burdens we were never meant to carry, pulled in lots of conflicting directions instead of following the path God has set for us. And perhaps too we have difficulty deep down with actually believing those words, believing that God is good, believing that God is kind, believing that God can be trusted, believing that his burden really is smaller than the one we are already carrying. Jesus says, follow my way and I promise you that the burden I share with you will not be as difficult as the way it was before. Submit to my yoke. Don't pull against it when you find life doesn't go the way that you want it. And you will find that my yoke is easy. You will find peace and rest for your soul as you let Christ lead the way. And that can sometimes take a a while for us to learn, can't it? I love Eugene Peterson's translation of these words. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And being yoked to Jesus also means that you have his help. This is not an image of him sitting up there on the cart with a whip in his hand, driving the oxen on. But rather Jesus is alongside you. Gentle and humble. Sharing the burden, bearing the yoke with you. In fact, he's the one bearing the brunt of the load, 
Notice all the first person pronouns. Take my yoke and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are not pulling the load alone. It's his work. He will take the lead, but to get the benefit, we need to be yoked to him. We need to stay close in relationship to him and to learn from him, being teachable, being open to his instructions, submitting ourselves to his wisdom and truth, submitting to his will. We need to learn from the one who regularly departed from the crowds and all the demands and pressures around him in order to go away to a quiet place by himself and pray. To all who are weary of carrying heavy burdens, to all who are tired, worn out, burnt out on religion, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and we'll carry these burdens together. Come to me and I will lead you to find the rest that God gives for your soul. My yoke is not wearisome. It won't choke you. It won't be confining. In fact, the irony is that if we want to be truly free in life, if we want to really live, we must come to that place of allowing ourselves to be yoked to Jesus, submitting our will to his. Come to me, he says. Relax into the yoke. Let me take the load. And I will lead you to see that there's a place called church where there are others too who can share those burdens with you. Amen. Let us now bring to God our prayers for one another and for our world. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for those who have found lockdown exhausting and wearisome because they've had to pick up extra burdens and responsibilities in their family or working life. We ask, Lord, that you will give them times of rest and refreshment and renew their strength. Help us all to learn those unforced rhythms of your grace. We pray for those who find lockdown frustrating as they've been unable to work. Maybe they've been unwell or experienced the angst of waiting. Lord, motivate and re-energise their lives, revive their walk with you and rekindle, rekindle the flame of their, their love for you. We pray for chaplains in healthcare and prisons, the armed forces, education and sport as they seek to be present in difficult circumstances. Help them to listen carefully in conversation and deftly direct others to you. We pray that you'd give them wisdom, tactfulness and boldness and that you would open up opportunities to show and to share your love in their ministry. We pray for the many challenges of leading out of lockdown. Lord, help those who, who lead in every area of life to find the right balance of progress and restraint, wisdom and courage. And we pray for those who lead 
church life gradually out of lockdown. Asking, Lord, that you would give them good judgment as they guide your people in their life together and witness to others in these days. As we see progress in dampening the effects of coronavirus, help us to continue to be mindful, prayerful and supportive of those in other countries who are still struggling to contain it. We pray particularly for nations who are battling coronavirus without basic medical resources and for those who have been plunged into poverty by its impact. Lord, provide and protect, we pray. And we pray for continued progress in stemming the spread of coronavirus through observation of necessary uh, restrictions which remain. Lord, spare us from further local outbreaks or a second spike. And we pray for continued research into finding drugs to treat uh, coronavirus and a vaccine. Lord, use the gifts and skills that you have given to scientific researchers to bring your healing and health to the world. We pray, Lord, that as we read scripture in these days, that you might draw our minds to those parts of your word that speak tenderly to our present needs, drawing our hearts to find fresh faith and hope in you. Let us know a fresh dependence upon you and closeness to you in our prayer life. And help us to be expectant in interceding, praying, watchful and thankful for answered requests. In Jesus' name, Amen. And now may the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. May whatever you do in word or deed be done in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. And the blessing of God, Almighty Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.